the safest place is in his will, you know, for you. And the revealed will of God is being thankful and praying always, but he has a specific will for everyone. And it comes out of intimacy. This is the Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal the supernatural reality of God's love. When His love leads, a remarkable story follows. You're listening to Blake and EJ's story, A Co-Labor of Love. So my name's Blake. I'm the owner of Hair Revival Studio, co-owner of Hair Revival Studio. Um, You'll meet my business partner, EJ. And we just want to tell you the story of how the salon got started because Jesus loves the marketplace and he and he loves being in business. It's it's a co-laboring that he's invited me into and invited EJ into. You know, I was a 24-year-old irresponsible person that had just met Jesus, really. I mean, I grew up in a Christian household, but I didn't know Jesus intimately. And so I hadn't been a good steward of my finances. I hadn't been a good steward of my relationships. I really hadn't been a good steward in a lot of things. Um, and so here I was 24, no money saved. And, um, God was inviting me in to start a business. He spoke to me out of Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, 18, rejoice always and everything. Give thanks, be in continual prayer for this is the will for you in Christ Jesus. And that's my like staple. That's just where I, that's my staple with the Lord. That's where I, that's where I came to know him deeply. That's when I heard his voice the first time. And so out of that place of just thanksgiving and continual prayer, the Lord gave me the idea for hair revival and the business. He told me in prayer that if I wanted a supernatural lifestyle to cultivate it. And so I'm like, God, what does that mean? And and he said, pray, you know, be specific with your prayer and, and trust me. And so that looked like me praying with friends at the church about a space that I'd like. You know, I prayed for a independent space, uh, natural lighting, good parking, the impossible in downtown Dallas, Texas. Essentially, a man gave me 10 haircutting chairs, 10 mirrors, a washer, a dryer, a front desk, um, everything you need. He, he owned a salon, and he was building out a new salon, and I met him by by chance, <laughs> no, met him by divine appointment with the Holy Spirit. Um, that was through another prayer with a friend who said, hey, you should go check out this space. It wasn't the space I ended up in, but that's where I met this man. He signed a lease for a new salon, and I began the journey of becoming his friend, and he ended up handing me down his old salon. Um, I still needed about $15,000 to get started. You know, the story is so deep. I'm, I'm trying to hit the highlights here, but I... I for three months, I prayed and and decided to not go to the bank um, to get that $15,000. God is the only qualification I had. Holy Spirit's the only qualification I had to really get into business and, um, you know, and hard work. And, and, and a yes, you know, just a yes for him. And so the Lord had told me he wanted to provide and he wanted to provide supernaturally. And so I wait three months. They delayed me three months because his new salon was being built out. They were like, hey, can you wait a little bit longer? And I'm like, yes, I can wait longer. I have no money, but they don't know this. I was like, well, maybe God wants me to get a bank loan, a small bank loan. Like, you know, but I walked in and I felt like I was cheating on God. That's the best way to describe it. I walked into the bank. I felt like idolatry hit my heart. Like, you heard my voice. You heard my word. Have faith. And so I left there. I told him Jesus was going to provide. And I told him I didn't need a bank loan. That was a Friday. Saturday, I was uh, playing drums for a worship set at a church called the upper room this is when it was a really small church 
And it was like the healing set. And Joe Newton was the guy who led prayer. And he gave me a word and he said, I've got a word from God from you. And I'm like, you know, it's all very new. I'm like, oh, a word from God. Everybody wants a word from God, you know. And so he said, past kindnesses will pay future dividends. And so I, I just kind of held on to that. And Saturday was a great day. Sunday, we had church. Monday, I worked all day. The next day, my client texted me and she was like, can I get in? And she was not really a godly lady, but she was awesome. She came in. It was a 7.30. I stayed late. It was at the end of my day. And she's like, Blake, when are you going to get a salon? Like, when are you going to do something? And I'm like totally surrendered this whole thing. Like, maybe this isn't going to be. So essentially, Tuesday, the following day, a guy was going to close the door to a salon. He was going to give me the key and I was going to take over like a turnkey situation. But I needed $15,000 to do all this. And I was just going to not make it happen. But she was asking me what I need. And I said, you know, at the end of the day, I need $15,000. I could start a salon tomorrow. And she's like, what? And I told her the whole story. And so she, she's like, well, on the way here, God told me to bring you a check. And she pulled out a blank check and signed it over $15,000. Said, pay me back if you can. Um, if you don't, no worries. I'll, um, I'll write it off. And the next day I went to the bank, deposited the money and I started writing checks and praying a lot. <laughs> Um, so after about a year of being in business at the original location, I had a dream. I'm standing in front of two salons. One, I know the salon. It was called Halo Salon. The other was a building I'd never seen before. In the dream, God said, time to open up a new salon. Buy Halo and redeem it. Because it's like Halo, it had a Halo. and Or build next to your church and I'll bless it. That was a Sunday night. I woke up Monday morning. I'm off work. I went to, got got ready, got breakfast, I went to Halo, just went by there and walked in and there was a real estate agent coming out and I ended up meeting the people right then and there and they were like, yeah, we're listing the business in the um, salon for sale. And I, I remember briefly talking to them, but they were needing a lot more money than I thought it was worth and could afford because of some debt that needed to be paid off. And so... I went to the church I'd start uh, that I was at, which was the upper room. I started driving around. I see a building. I was like, this is the building. This is the building in the dream. It's less than a half a mile away, 0.3 miles away, actually, from the church. And I'm sitting outside. I was never forget. I was reading in Chronicles. I was reading about David, reading about the tabernacle. David got the tabernacle, um, got it back all the way. And then he put a tent around it, and he got four main people in charge to steward the 6,000, I think, that were in the tent, um, doing mostly singing and all sorts of stuff where the Psalms were written and all that. And so Asaph, which you realize Asaph actually wrote some of the Psalms, I believe, um, but he, he was in charge of the worship. He was the minister of the symbols, which was the ESV. And I remember thinking, man, he didn't minister of the symbols. It's like, I'm a drummer. EJ's a drummer. I'm like, I'm the minister of the symbols. Like sometimes you're back there and you're just like, it's just a lot of symbols, you know, and so it really spoke to me, but I, I'm walking around this building, so Jesus has been my real estate agent, and nothing, no offense, Joe, but Jesus has been my real estate agent, and I, I've i never had to really, I think, get one, you know, maybe I'm mistaken, but like, I remember walking around the building, and this older man sees me, and I'm just kind of like walking around exploring, and he's like, can I help you, and I'm like, oh, I'm just like exploring, he's like, well, I'm the owner of the building, so like, what are you doing, you know, and I'm like, oh, my name's Blake, I'm a salon owner, I'm thinking that this might be a good location for a salon, and he's like, well, um, I'm Jim Asaf, and I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding me, and he's like, no, and I'm like, um, 
He's like, why? And I said, because I'm reading my Bible. And he's like, well, you know, I don't believe in that. I'm Buddhist. I said, well, you don't have to believe in it to hear this. I said, but Asaph's in the Bible and he's awesome. And he's like, really? There's a guy? Asaph? And I'm like, yeah. And he's kind of he's kind of interested a little bit. And I'm like, tell him about him. Like the biggest move of God on the earth, King David. He, you know, took, he got what was the presence of God at the time, put it in a tent and got 6,000 people on salary to worship around it. You are in charge of that. I was like, or your name, you know, that guy. And he's like, that's actually pretty cool. I'm like, yes, very cool. And he's like, and so we have this conversation. He's not interested in a salon being here. He's just not interested in it. You know, it's not what we're doing here. I was like, okay, well, in six months, I'll be back ready to sign a lease. That's just what I said. And um, so I gave him a card. Me and EJ, we worshiped in the parking lot. We prayed over the space. We claimed it for Jesus. We just knew that it was him, him doing it. And, you know, when you know the Lord's moving, you just that's just it. And so six months later, we come back, and they've had a change of heart. They've actually came by our old location just to see what we were up to there and, and checked us out. And so they were like, we really thought a business that would bring a lot of traffic would be good. Um, and so we signed a lease, got started on a build-out. About halfway through our build-out, we got a letter on our door at the old spot that said we're being rezoned. And so we got a couple extensions, but we ended up deciding to move everyone over to the new spot after it got built out. And that was how we ended up where we are. I'm telling you, that's exactly how every day goes. You know, I I hope that's all very clear. I was trying to make a, there's so much more. There's so many more prayers, so many more supernatural encounters. God is in the little and he's in the big. But what I took away from all that is pray specifically. You know, I prayed specifically for $15,000. I prayed specifically for a building. And, and and I prayed specifically for a husband and wife to come help me. And that's where my business partner comes into the story. And it doesn't always look like what you expect. He wasn't my business partner at first. He just started coming into work for me, serving me. And his wife came with him. Um, and we just started that journey. One day I woke up and I just knew that I knew that I knew that I needed to have a business partner and EJ was that guy. So um, I had freely been given the salon. So I gave EJ half the salon and uh, it's been the best decision, uh, business decision I've ever made. Here's EJ. Blake said this one time, and I remember him saying it, but he's like, when you're sensitive to what God is saying about someone or or about their situation, and you listen with intent and love, um, you can really impact their life, or the Lord can really impact their life through you. And so what I realize is that hair revival has been a vehicle. It's been like a way to like people's hearts. For me personally, hair revival has been a blessing as a ministry. It's It's been ministry the whole time. I mean, people, I'll look down the row and see <laughs> Blake praying for someone or prophesying over someone or laying hands on like you know the sick or someone's leg that's like messed up and we we, we mostly just pray for each other's clients yeah, so that's what's, that's it's what's like hey here. come like it's usually i'm not feeling it so i'm like ej pray for my client and so i asked ej to pray for my client who was about to have double knee surgery so it's funny because um, I wasn't really feeling it either, to be completely honest. And I just kept going on about my haircut that I was doing because I was really in a good conversation with someone. And as I put my, um, actually, I was doing a color. As I put my color under the dryer, I see this lady sitting under one of the dryers, and she is, she's got her eyes closed, and she's rubbing both of her knees, and you can just tell she's in a lot of pain. 
And I see her, and as I pass her, my heart is just moved with compassion. But still, I'm still having that internal battle of like, I don't want to pray for someone in front of people or whatever. What are people going to think of me? It was, it was a packed house that day. There's lots of people shampooing their clients back there. And I just really feel like the Lord grips my heart again with compassion. And immediately I was like, I know now I got to go. I walk up to her and I said, I said, because her eyes were closed and she's still rubbing her knees. I was like, you got that? Just kind of making a joke. She, she kind of laughs and she was like, you know, my knees are just really hurting me really bad. And I start asking her about her knees. She starts telling me that it's, uh, there's no cartilage in her knees and that she's already had three surgeries on her knees and that they still can't fix the problem. And she said that she was going to try some new thing. They were going to inject a gel in there. It was like a temporary cartilage and that maybe that would fix it. But there's even like like a 40% guarantee that that could even work. And so I'm just listening to her. I'm looking her right in the eyes. And internally, I'm just processing with the Lord. And, and I knew, I, I, I always know that the Lord wants to heal. And I was like, but I could see it in her eyes that she was ready to receive her healing. And so uh, I'm just looking at her and I said, okay, well, can I pray for your knees? And she's like, yes, please. And so I get out on my knees in front of like, again, you guys, we're packed that day. So I'm on my knees now praying for this old lady's knees. Well, she wasn't that old, but sorry, I should have left that out. You can edit that out later. I'm praying for this lady's knees. And um, as I'm praying, I could, I could still feel like I'm still worried about people that are watching. I'm still just kind of in my flesh and I'm kind of going through the motions to be completely honest. And I'm just, my faith is like at a one. It's like, I'm just like, what am I doing? You know? And, and then I felt like the Lord is like, I want you to blow on her knee. And I I heard the scripture about uh, dry bones coming to life. And I was like really wrestling with that. So then instead of continuing praying, I just stopped praying and I just go, I just go silent because I'm now hearing God's voice tell me to blow on her knee, but I'm, I'm just really wrestling with it. And, and I, I look at her and I think her name was Martha, but I say, Martha, I said, this is going to sound really strange, but I said, I feel like the Lord has wanted me to blow on your knee. And she was like, honey, if you have to spit on my knee, you know, like you do what you need to do. And so now I'm like blowing on this lady's knee and it's, it was so hard to do that. I remember. And I don't know if it was necessarily just for, for her, if it was for me, because when I did that, it immediately got me out of my flesh. I was like, well, there's nothing more embarrassing now than me on my knees in front of my whole staff blowing on this lady's legs. And it was like immediately after that, I saw her dancing. I saw her in my mind. I saw her dancing. And I remember this church service I was in where the worship leader he had everyone waltz, and it was like it offended me that service. And I remember thinking, like, this is the dumbest thing ever. But God used that moment, and a lot of people got set free from a lot of different things. I said, Martha, when's the last time you danced? And she just starts weeping, and she she starts telling me she used to be a dancer and that she used to dance with her husband, and her husband passed away, and uh, uh, and she was like, I haven't danced since my husband passed away. And I said. Oh, I, I see you dancing. And I said, so may I have this dance? And so I hold out my hand. She takes my hand. And I said, I, I, I see you dancing for your healing. And um, I start dancing around the salon with this lady. <clears throat> and at this point, like, we're in our own little world. I'm not even seeing people around me. We're waltzing up and down the running the runway of our salon. And she is just weeping because she has no pain and she's dancing. And, um, so <clears throat> it's funny how, like when the pain goes away, people try to find it right when we get done dancing, 
she, I was like, well, are you still in pain? And she, you know, she's looking for it. And she's like, well, maybe, maybe there's, and then she just loses it. And she realizes there's no pain in her legs. And I just told her, I said, if, you know, if pain ever comes back or tries to just dance, like dance. Cause she had no pain, you guys. And she, she ended up writing Blake, I think yeah. several, yeah. several weeks later. Yeah. I got an email. No knee pain, no surgery, no nothing. Doctor said there was, I think, like new cartilage in her knees. Uh, we can pull that email up. I can send that to you. And um, there's been a lot of these stories. Like it's not just like one or two, but this is probably one of the highlights. I would say, haha, <laughs> pun. It was just a really sweet, sweet time. I mean, and you know, and seeing her dance and her come alive, it was just really beautiful. Um, I never thought that hairdressing um would be a ministry but it's the best ministry it's it's the most invasive ministry i mean it's like i get 45 minutes to an hour to sometimes three hours if it's you know big color service but ministering or listening to somebody hearing them meeting them where they are and loving them and um you get to lay hands on people you have to lay hands on people i mean and, you know, you, you play, and so Isaiah 61, it says, um, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, um, to preach good news, the good news to the captive, to preach good news, to set free the captives, to bind up the brokenhearted. Um, and it says to, to take the ash, their ashes and give them a crown of glory. And that's where the crown in our logo comes from. And so that's, that's, that's the foundation of it all for us is, is taking people's ashes and giving them a crown of glory or at least doing our best. And, you, you know, you get, you get like all walks of life through your chair, you know, so like essentially you get to build this relationship with a, a lawyer who works in a downtown law firm and then you get to build a relationship with a bartender. And so, I mean, in my eyes, in my mind, because this is the call that God put on my life, I'm like, Jesus is changing the world through the hair salon. You know, like, that's what I see. You know, that's how I see. And so I'm like, you know, come on. It's, it's my little church, essentially. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We truly cannot do this without you. If you have shared any of these podcasts, we want to say thank you so very much. We believe that there is power in our testimonies and that God is using them in a big way. We also ask that you would consider partnering with us through a monthly or a one-time donation. Um, there is a donation button on our website at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much and have a great day.